Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity Life. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that life is unpredictable, which is why you need to work with a partner that's flexible and loves to collaborate, one that will personalize the claims experience for your clients, one with a balanced approach to underwriting, and one with a competitive and sustainable pricing. Integrity, your partner for life. If you want to learn more about how Integrity is your partner for life, head to integritylife.com.au forward slash xy. G'day, how's it going? What do you know, Struck Like Clayton here with Santi from, well, multiple things, but right now, Lumiant, mate, thank you for uh, for joining me. Pleasure to be here, and Clayton, thank you for having me on this uh, auspicious date. Yes, yes. Uh, funnily enough, I, uh, I thought my last podcast was last week, I think before we started emailing, and I'm like, there's literally, I've got literally one day. If we want to squeeze it in, we will make it happen. So uh, it, it, it's pretty cool, actually, because uh, you've been, you know, a, a big part of the financial services industry through your work with implemented portfolios for a long time. And, and to get a chance to sort of, you know, wrap up my podcasting career with you mate, is, is an honor. So, uh, again, Thanks for coming up. Congratulations to you, mate, and, and well done for the positive change you've made to many of your members in the industry. It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's um, it's hilarious. We started out um, not even knowing what a podcast was and just repur- <laughs> not repurposing sort of webinars and things like that until uh, until we focused on the podcast. And here we are. Well done, um, mate. Thank you. And 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 on to it's almost the same thing that drives us though because. Yeah, I'm really dedicated, as as a lot of people are, to um to improving financial services. And the reason, or at least here's my reason, and I'd love to know yours. Financial planning is too important not to be done exceptionally well. That's my kind of like the if if my brain ever goes into sleep mode. Remember, like back in XP days, Microsoft XP, and you used to have that scroll. You could get a scrolling sentence along, you know, as your screensaver. That's kind of the screensaver to my mind, which is financial planning is too important not to be done exceptionally well. So um, it sort of drives everything. And it's why XYA is what it is. And with we, because we just went through, you know, Lumiant, but also in, in uh, you implemented portfolio work as well. You come at things from a particular angle. And I have to know where that comes from. Why? What, what's this desire to help improve financial planning? Well, I would say that financial planning should be the most noble profession in the world. And it's not. Um, and I think it's more important than a doctor. Uh, I, think, I think a great financial planner potentially keeps their clients away from doctors. Um, and, you know, when you do the research, the numbers don't stack up that way. So, you know, financial planning is probably 15th to 20th most respected profession in the world, and it should be number one. Um, so that's what drives me is to get it number one. And, you know, it, 
you know, when you sit back and you look at this industry, it's actually not that hard to get there. There is a phenomenal opportunity to deliver on the promise of advice. And the promise of advice is helping people lead better lives, not selling them better anything. Uh, it was probably what drives me, which is, uh, you know, underpins a lot of my purpose is that I was trained by the salesman of the industry. So late 90s, early 2000s. And your role was ultimately to sell a product. And quite frankly, I knew what I was selling a client when they walked in the door. Um, that's embarrassing to say it. doesn't make me feel really good about myself. But we knew what we were selling clients when they walked in the door. They met someone who did care about them, who did spend time getting to know them, probably wrote a nice file note, and then delivered the most meaningless document known to mankind called a statement of advice. Um, and then the next time I had an experience with the clients when they logged on to the product platform to see how I was, they were going to that experience. You know, so it's broken. It's been broken from day one. Now I experienced the GFC and, 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 and the outcomes of that. And that wasn't nice to be on the other end of that, being the person who gave that advice. Mm. Um, and so ever since then, I've really been on a mission to solve it. I know exactly what you mean. It's kind of interesting. I came to, I came to advice and advice is always, it's always super interesting to find out how people got into advice in the same, in the first place, because it's such a peculiar industry. Um, but I got to advice via accounting. So I had already become tax accounting for three years. So hilariously, I was still at university and I got a job as a tax accountant. And my first day on the job, my boss goes, here's your office. You know, I'm a kid. And they're like, here's an office. You've got eight appointments this afternoon. And I go, whoo. Um, so learning on the job and, uh, and thankfully it was relatively simple work. It was, you know, ask a question, get an answer, pop it in the, uh, in the software. Right. Um, over the course of those three years though, it be, obviously, you know, you learn and, and things become a lot more complicated and you would start getting return clients and, and you would become familiar with them, but the limit to the advice was always the prior 12 months. Right. Obviously. Um, but I became really accustomed to the concept of delivering a limited, but delivering a service. And then I remember getting a job in sort of really in-depth SMSF work. And then at the end of this uh, uh, experience, I guess at this stage were about four or five years, I then had to learn how to sell. And I then had to learn about product. And then it was kind of interesting because I went through four or five years of this service-based uh, environment and then being told that financial planning was, oh, you get paid by the company that the product is from. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't. What are you talking about? But I, I, I went off to AMP Horizons for 12 months and had to, I guess, re-educate myself um, if that's the polite way of putting it to to begin accepting that this is how the industry worked and it was so foreign to me because uh, I just come from this professional environment and then and then I had to figure out oh that this is how the industry works that's strange that's not what I thought it was um, and then starting the company um, and then over the course of, I guess, the next three or four years, uh, I, I, I then re-educated re myself uh, back to where I'd come from. But it, it was a huge journey. And then 
at so many points along that journey, you're told a specific story. You're told a story that, that, oh, actually this is over here. This is financial advice. And it was so confusing. And for my early clients that I took on um, when I had opened my company, yeah, I, it was, oh yeah, I know, I know how to solve this problem. And I was such a, I would say I was such a bad advisor when I first launched my company that I've got this ridiculous story of um, I figured out the most efficient way to get through the fact finding process, because at that stage, that's what I had sort of learned to do is how, how to get through the fact finding process as quick as possible to get to the statement of advice to get paid. And so I, I figured out that all I needed was someone to come in and to have their tax file number and we'll just call the ATO. We'll get all of their super funds and then we'll just call the super funds. And I was like, we can get this done in 45 minutes. And it was such an inhumane process that someone turned up to my meeting and sat across the desk from me and we had a, we had the meeting and he said, no, the only reason I turned up is I wanted to see if this was genuinely a scam or not (laughs) because I told the guy to come in and all he needs to bring was his tax file number. And in hindsight, I not only shudder, but I, uh, you know, that doesn't even get close to how bad that makes me feel mm-hmm. and how far I away, away I was from doing the job. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it hurts. Really does. Yeah, yeah and we, could, we probably could unpack, unpack that for hours, how we got to a point where it was uh, that we forgot that the, the great value of advice is helping people lead better lives and not helping them die rich, but live rich. Yeah. Um, and that it all became anchored in my next best product. And, um, and how do I get to that point? I've got to find out what you got. Well, that's the, a fact find is not what you got. A fact find is how you feel, mm. you know, how are you feeling about your lives and not you, but your partner, how are you both feeling about your lives? Where do you feel right now? How confident are you of your financial affairs? It's got nothing to do with what you got. And to be frank, nor should charging for advice have anything to do with what you got. I will accept there's more complexity with more money, but it's not a multiplier of percent. It's a maybe a multiplier of dollars. Um, you know, the, it, it is helping people lead that better life. Let's unfine what that means to them and let's deliver that because here's the, here's the thing. Professions don't sell. Yeah, agreed. Pro- professions serve. Yes, Pro- professional service. <laughs> mm. and serving is understanding and delivering on that understanding yeah it's not i'm a great guy and you'll get to get to know me and then i'll it's ready for you when you're ready um yes. it's not it's serving so how do we serve um and that's kind of what's driven the last you know 13 years of my life you know plenty of like any financial plan or any business that has your ups and downs your mistakes your wrong turns you try things that didn't work um but i think we're getting closer Maybe we're definitely getting closer. Um, I think sales is done better when you're not selling as well. And that's an interesting concept. Like if you lead someone through a consulting environment where you're examining them, and I think there there was this really good um, data point that came out of, God, I can't remember what it was, but it was like 98% of people want customization in their offer or in their, what what it is that they're accepting. Yeah, know that. Yeah, awesome. it was it was an insanely high um, 
uh, or, or you could call it a selling point. So the selling point was actually that each client wanted, be, wanted to be treated differently, right? And, um, and so uh, even it, like sales is something that um, it's sort of preset, but selling in a consulting fashion is, is asking questions, uh, finding out what's appropriate from, for them, and then doing the hard work to be able to solve that problem. I think that that's a key part of it as well, because proper sales or at least selling effectively means that when you've asked the questions and you've uncovered the need and this complicated thing that's required in the background is what is required to solve the problem that you've actually done the hard work to get there. Like going back to the medical um, profession analogy before, it's one thing to diagnose a pancreas problem, but it's an, but you also have to have done all the hard work to be able to solve the pancreas problem. It's so, so asking the questions is absolutely difficult and, 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 but needs to be done, but then also do all the work that allows you to be able to solve the problems that you uncover as well. And, and I think both of those lifts the bar of what financial planning is so unbelievably high to compare it to where it was previously that occasionally that's daunting for some people, but it's also for others really inspiring. And um, that's kind of been the, the dual, I guess, nature or the dual response from advisors that I've seen over the course of the last sort of, since I've been in personal finance, last sort of five to 10 years. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, there's a, a the, the way we look at it is, is uh, we want the client to sell us. You know, how, do, how could we create a process where at the end of it, the client said, how do I work with you? I actually don't think it's that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, now, yeah. That, now that I've been through this, this process of building Lumion, it's the complete opposite, but it's where nine out of the 10 of the clients that you want to work with not nine out of 10 clients here. We can all win every client that walks in the door. We can do the transaction, the strategy. It's, you know, that's easy. That's not a business model, quite frankly, though. Uh, nine out of 10 of the clients you want to work with, ask to work with you. Um, that their partners go away and go and tell their friends that that was the most extraordinary professional services experience I've had in my life. Better than any professional service I've ever met in my life. That's what we're setting out to achieve, right? That's the nobility of advice. And, you know, I, yeah, I'm so passionate. We're so close to it. <laughs> so you used to work as a financial planner? Yep. How did you get into advice? Begging. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I was one of those students at uni, and I'd tell my children to do this unless they're going to be doctors, is um, go and have the best time possible. And I had a three years of uni that was just epically good, occasionally turned up had the time of my life um, and, and managed to pass. Right. But, you know, coming out of 98 at a uni, it was um, tougher times. You know, it was I think the Asian crisis. There weren't a heap of jobs around. There's a hundred applications for every job. And I had a pass mark through uni. So I begged a mate who was working for a financial planning firm in Brisbane to give me a, you know, he basically got me work experience. And that was the start back in um, 98 in Australian financial services for those who long been around long enough will know. Them. So, so you went straight from uni into financial planning. Oh, mate, I was, you know, 
you know, I was press hard three copies by first of January two thousand and uh, sorry, nineteen ninety nine. It was away. Uh, it was yeah, it wasn't that quite that bad back then, but it was you know, it wasn't far off it. Um, um, and then away we went. So yeah, I came to Sydney in two thousand and three. 2000, my, my mistake, 2000 and 2003, I bought into a financial planning firm, which I still own. Really? And, um, and still very passionate about. Huh. And it, it was 2014 where I stopped being an F, FP once I sort of started focus running implemented portfolios full time. And, and now, yeah, uh, I've had this scratched itch since actually 2013 was when I fell in love with a, a, a man. And I, I'm happy to admit this, this particular man <laughs> knows I fell in love with him um, called Joe Duran. Um, from United Capital. Right. Yes. Um, and I, um, you know, it sort of changed the way I thought about everything. And I'd realized that I hadn't solved the problem yet, that there was a problem to solve that was much bigger than I thought. Uh, and, and what they built in that business was something utterly extraordinary, uh, to be quite frank. And if anyone wants to challenge me on why I loved him so much, well, you know, they built a business that sold for a billion Aussie in financial planning. So, Wow. Um, Absolutely. They were onto something. Yeah. Yeah. I actually haven't followed that story. I, I've heard I've heard a lot from Ray. Ray obviously used to work at Traster. Um, so that's where you guys know each other. And he walked me through the story of United Capital. But what's that story that I mean, ultimately, and we were discussing this before the um, podcast started, but money represents how closely you solve the problem that you went out to solve, or at least that that's a really nice way that I like to think about it. And so if you're solving financial planning to the tune of a billion dollars, I think it's it's fair to say that you've, you're pretty accurate on solving the problem of financial planning. What was the United Capital financial planning? Like, what was it about it that that changed the way that you thought of financial planning? Well, look, implemented portfolios, you know, that was a really hard business to build. Imagine building investment management business um, as a startup with, you know, in this, you know, and now, you know, it's, it's doing really well. Um, it, it was about how we could mass customize an investment experience. So this idea was, you know, it's not right that we knew what we were selling people. That's not okay. Let's start with them and finish with them. Let's design their journey around their money. And, and that's still right today, that business. That's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my, my um, DNA hasn't shifted one bit. But the, what I realized was the investment management outcome is such a small part of the actual outcome of great advice. And so though we fixed a problem, potentially we fixed the wrong problem. And huh. that's when I heard about United. Um, there's a wonderful story that I think I can throw Alex Vikovic into. So sorry, Alex, but we were on a New York, New York bar rooftop. Um, and I um, got this opportunity to meet this guy in United and I was on the next plane basically in, a, in an awful state. Um, <laughs> and I, I got to, he said to me later, I said, and you know, um, and he's now a friend of mine. I'm in fact, catching up with him tomorrow in the US. He, he, uh, he, um, he said, I was going to give you 10 minutes. And we ended up talking for an hour and a half. Um, and what was smashed me about it was that they'd come at it completely the different angle. They said, screw what you invested, not important, really, really kind of we'll choose that journey that you take back there that we'll get to that. But in order for us to do what we do, we need to understand what's important to you and your partner. So firstly, we will not meet with you without your partner in the room. And then we're going to deeply take you through a process. Trust us. It's a, you know, we know what we're doing with the professionals. We're going to uncover what's important to you in your life. Might feel a bit uncomfortable going through the process. By the end of it, every client was saying, how do we work with you? Um, because no financial services company in that 
landscape, it actually sat down and started with them and unpacked what was important to them, unpacked what drove them in life, unpacked how they felt about their life um, and maybe started a conversation between a couple they'd never had before or hadn't had for some time. Um, you know, and what became clear to me, uh, and I, I guess United weren't thinking this way at the time, but when I sat back and looked about it, you hear about this whole goals, values-based conversation, yes. right? Yeah, I, li- I like the conversation, but to be honest, it's annoying because the answer is so straightforward. Values don't change, goals do. What's more important than anything in any financial services relationship you have is that you align your values because that's the stuff that matters in your life. And in fact, I could argue that we should take values conversations to kids at school. And for God's sake, before you do anything about your career, understand what makes you happy. Not the goal, not the outcome. What makes you happy today? What's the thing that gets you out of bed? What makes you feel happy about yourself? And align your career to that. And the same when it comes to financial planning. We've got to help people understand what's important to them because we don't have a better product, but we can help people understand what those things mean. Then we find our goals, right? Off the back of understanding what's important to people in their life, heaps of goals. You know, we're, we're already uncovering, you know, we did a process last week. We uncovered 16 goals in a couple, 16 things that they want to work out on in their life. Now, what? as an advisor, again, sale, not serve. As an yes. advisor, the clients just told me 16 things I want to work on. Now, some of them are spend more time together and, you know, have a date night once a week. Cool. Well, we'll make you accountable to that. And then some of them are real financial. Some of them are helping children. Some of them are helping grandchildren. Some of helping the niece, the niece's daughter. Some is about spending more time, you know, enjoying the journey today. And some are retiring at 60. And it doesn't kind of stop. But when you can understand what drives people in life, like it becomes such an easy business right now i'm just going to help you do that yes it doesn't product actually irrelevant like it doesn't matter one bit (laughs) and then the goals come out fantastic now here we know what we know and this is a critical bit values don't change who you are is who you are i have been a someone who's wanted to challenge the status quo my entire life i from school headmasters hated me that has never changed who i am right (laughs) it's in my dna i can't change that yes and, and having purpose around that is so critical to who I am as a person. But goals do. Goals change all the time. Mm. Shit, you know, you have a medical event. Oh, I'm going to change my goals. I've had children. I'm going to change my goals. I've had deaths in family. I'm going to change my goal. It doesn't stop. So that's cool. So the value of great advice, and here's it. This is it. And this is what United made me realize. It's as simple as this, that financial planning is a series of turning points at trade-offs. This is complicated as it gets that the value of a great advice is helping people make great decisions at those turning points. That is it. That's, you know, we've heard about this advisor alpha stuff. That is it. Helping you make great decisions at turning points. My job as an advisor is set up the guardrails for you to live the life that you've dreamt of. I know you're going to bounce off them. In fact, I'm certain you're going to bounce off them because you know what? I bounce off my own guardrails. We're always going to bounce off the guardrails. And when we hit the guardrails, we've got to have a chat. And it's going to be a turning point and we're going to have a trade-off conversation. And it may be that Santa, you got to work less. Do you know what? Cause you'll bloody bust a gasket. If you don't, it might be that you need to, to um, spend more time, you know, family because your relationship's going to blow up. Um, you know, these are the conversations that we're going to have. You might, you might have had a child and you go, what? It's just not worth the effort I'm putting in anymore. I want to have more time with my family. Okay. Well, let's understand the consequences of that decision. That's the value of extraordinary advice and helping people live in those guardrails and set them up for them. That's amazing. What 
we product we put them into look you know unless you're really going out of your way to blow it up buying some really crazy stuff yes. it's going to be hard to blow it up right we're in a pretty safe world these days you know <laughs> it's hard to blow it up right yes. and and quite frankly you know if we get eight percent or nine percent or yeah it's not going to change the game if we can help people live the life that they dreamt of that's incredible right now we've done something great right that is awesome um and i resonate with so much of that so one of the things that you said before I thought was super interesting was that we solved a problem, but maybe we solved the wrong problem. And I, and I, I know what you mean by that. So you, you were looking at advice and, and thinking, how can we improve it? And then the conclusion that you came to, were, well, so the premise was advice can be done better. Uh, the conclusion that you came to was we'll give each client a unique investment uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, that's experience. it. Got yeah. one. Yep. Um, and I totally get that. And, and, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And then over the course of the, and obviously well done on the growth of that company in itself, but then over the course of that, due to United Capital, but obviously, uh, you know, a bunch of other things, I'm sure that you, you sort of looked at in your own time, you thought, how can I solve this beyond the investments or what David Haynes and, and I always shout out to David on this. I just think it's such a great way of articulating it above the line, below the line, below the line is the investment piece. It is the uh, it's traditional financial planning. It's, it's dollar signs. It's, it's numerics. It's uh, it is everything that you would think of as traditional financial planning. And then above the line is everything that doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it directly, what you want out of life, what, you know, uh, where you want to spend your time. There's a lot of qualitative um, information in there. It's very emotional. Um, And to my mind, it opens up financial planning beyond the scope of the rational. So if anything below the line stuff is never to be replaced in my mind, it is a ticket to the game. and, And just because the conversation is, going further than what's below the line doesn't mean below the line is not important. I always give that caveat. It is ticket to the game. You have to know what you're doing there. You have to have your degree. You have to understand um, money because you can't make a poor decision there. But beyond that, what are the emotional things in advice? And, and, and because most decisions in life are emotional, it's almost ludicrous that financial planning hasn't spent more time in that area. And I was speaking to, um, I'm not sure if you've come across this on Reddit, uh, which I don't even know if you know what Reddit is. But I heard the, about it for the first time last week. Okay, so <laughs> so so uh, there's a bit of a uh, a movement going on where uh, you know the people, if you want to think about it in that way, are taking on the hedge funds and they're currently winning. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. But there's a bunch of kids, and they are kids that are making uh, a bunch of cash at the moment, and now. One of my friends, his eldest son is about 20 years old, has made a couple hundred thousand bucks, right? Like just a couple of hundred thousand bucks in the course of a couple of months, uh, all because he's jumped onto this, uh, this investment thing, right? And, um, and so he, he wanted me to tell his son to, to pull, pull the money out. First and foremost, the thing that my buddy doesn't understand that I understand that money is highly emotional. It is the most emotional thing in our life. And so if I'm going to walk up to this 20-year-old, you know, fully grown gent 
uh, and tell him what to do with his money just because his dad wants it to happen. It's just never, ever going to happen. And so I walked, I walked this kid through what he was experiencing. I said, what, what you've done is you've, you've come into more money than you've ever had or ever thought. And, and it's worked out far better than you could have. And I guarantee you right now, you can't think about much else than this investment. Is that right? And he was like, yeah, you know, like I'm waking up in the middle of the night checking it. I'm like, that doesn't surprise me because money is highly emotional. It is, it is again, the most emotional thing in our life. And I said, I walked him through and I was like, this is the experience that I've got in, in personal finance. When people have these events, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, this is not financial advice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You, you, you're your own man. You do what you want. But here's a couple of things that I think gives you a fuller picture of what you're experiencing right now on an emotional level and how you'll feel in a month or a year or whenever it is that it's over, what you wish you would have thought about during this time. That is, an, that, 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 is a, that is a piece of psychology that I've only learned by speaking with hundreds of people about money. And it's a, it, it is the part of financial planning that we have traditionally not put as much focus on. And yet, I think what will probably end up happening is this, this kid's going to end up making smarter decisions with that money because of the, the conversation that I had with him about emotion rather than his old man who was just, get that money out of this, you know? And that, and in a, in a, in a microcosm is the value of financial advice It is, is those guardrails is those pivotal is, is making smarter decisions at pivotal moments, but also knowing how to handle those conversations and financial planning. I think the way that you articulate it was fantastic. You know, it should be the most noble profession. And I don't think it's beyond the scope of the whole trend of financial planning. So, so, so Lumiant, for example, and we went through it prior to the, to the podcast. I've, I've had some great conversations with people around financial coaching and, and teaching people how to be a, a financial coach and, and learning if, if for whatever reason they haven't learned on the job or, or just to get better at having those conversations, asking those questions and, and getting a, a, a fuller impact um, from the advice but I haven't seen it done in tech before. And yeah, that, that, that was my, that was my comment at the end of it, which was uh, you're the, this is, this is a platform. That's the first thing that I've seen that is, yeah, is a platform of the above the line type of advice. Oh, and, well said. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's a, a well, it's a very unique thing to have. And so well done. Well, thank you, mate. What you said there. So time to shout out, to the advisors around the country, right? So they're actually all brilliant, right? They all Agreed. love what they all love what they do, right? Agreed. They are genuinely passionate about the client. They genuinely care about the client. They want yeah. to understand the client. They do incredible file notes showing that they understand the client. Yeah. And it goes into this magical place called a filing cabinet. <laughs> it is just friggin' wrong. <laughs> And the next time the client logs on, they go to the, where are they going to the Morningstar benchmark? Like you can see where it breaks down. Like it's, if you just sit and look at it, it just breaks down. And so how do you fix it? You bring that file note to life. You bring that conversation to life. You make that the thing that anchors the advice. That moment in your life where we change something, that you achieve something, that you 
confidence got better, that you had a wonderful year, that you that your your careers improved, that your family times improved. That's brilliant, and you're on track to live the life that you want. There's nothing more important than that for per- for well-being. So I guess if I dumb this down, the way we've looked at it as as I guess we've just had this conversation is let's bring it to life, mm. like and just remove the other stuff. Just yeah, bring to life what the advisor's already doing. doing they love it. For, forced to stick it instead of just sticking it in a uh, in a file note. Let's talk about it with the client. And um, one of the advisors I was mentioning to you before uh, the podcast started, Tuborjan, who who's turned the. So, so if you imagine that at one stage in my career, I was the worst at fact finding, <laughs> telling the person to bring in a tax file number and nothing else and we'll get it done. So if that's the worst, <laughs> he's he's got the best and uh, he's sort of fleshed it out to be a 12 month uh, process of asking questions and he charges for it, right? There's no advice at the end of this process. It's 12 months uh, or six to 12 months, depending on the complexity of the individual. But again, the customization is there, right? So he goes through and, and uh, simply the journey of asking the questions uh, is so powerful that that in itself is a service. And to me, that I don't think anything dawned on me in terms of we've missed the value of advice more than the fact that he was able to turn us what I considered a hindrance at, at that stage in my career to, to getting the work done, he turned a hindrance into a value proposition and, and just has that complete understanding of the, the value. When you say the value of advice, that's what it is. Um, and so, Sorry, see, but he's, what he's done there is quite extraordinary, right? He's taken two words, fact find, where we were trained, fact find is what have they got? Yes, how wrong were we, right? How wrong were we to be trained that way? It's nothing to do with what we got. He's taken those two words and sounds like turned it into an extraordinary experience about what they want. That's a backfire, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I'm really excited about all this sort of stuff that's, um, that is become, you know, getting to the fore, you know, we X, X, Y, we recently did, did a crowdfund and we went to the advisors and we said, Hey, do you back us enough to continue doing this? And, and thankfully I can say that's what's occurred. I know Lumiant did a, a very similar strategy and congrats on that going to, it, there's nothing that's, that says, keep going. Then, you know, you, your, your, your community funding the the continuation of the company and so um i I know we can both thank advisors for for that crowdfund um mate i just wanted to say yeah look in in my podcasting career aside uh this it's it's conversations like these that makes me super pumped for financial planning and it's to have enough of these um because the can, if you want to call it the conditioning, the conditioning of financial planning is is one thing, and then what's available for financial planners to provide is a completely other thing. And it's and and the longer or the more conversations I have like this, the more I think, wow, I've still got so much more to learn and so much more to think about. And so, even just this conversation is making me think. There's so much more to advice than even before we had this conversation. So, mate, it's a uh, it's a very classy way to uh, to to hang up the microphone on my end, so to speak. <laughs>
Well, and I'll leave it with uh, one thought too, because I was on the periphery when you guys founded XY, as you know, um, on a very close periphery. And (laughs) um, not that I gave it a lot of thought, but geez, you've done an incredible job. How much does this industry need it? Incredibly. The positive impact uh, that you've played is, well, probably potentially second to none. So well done on that too. And um, I know it's just the start of another journey. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Well, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I'm glad we got to squeeze it in, and uh, yeah, mate, all the best with, uh, with with everything you're doing. But yeah, especially Lumia, mate. Well done. You too. Thanks, mate.